Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. Good morning, everyone. This is the official real life, I truly mean it, no more do-overs beginning of today's podcast. It's Thursday. It's October the 5th. It's 19 days until the start of the NBA season. We are in the height of fantasy draft season now. The Brewski 150 is out. That's how you know it's fantasy draft season. I am at Dan Vespers. I'm also just Dan Vespers. Some people on the street actually call me just Dan. They don't even say at Dan when they're talking to me. And the tiny window that's a Google Meet shared into StreamYard holds within it the secret treasures of Aaron Brewski's brain. Brew, officially good morning now. Oh, it's good to, good to see that my brain gets to attend the show. Does, does my, my, my person, my body? No, you're just a does spirit. My, it's just, are you guys just using me for, for my brain? I'll pump you for info. You know damn well that's my go-to move look, on these Look, pre-season. my eyes are over here, okay? <laughs> I can't see them. I don't know where to look. You're just a gray blob with a tiny teal circle in the exist? middle. Do I exist? Actually, that's a bigger question. That's a different show. That'll be our special. Uh, oh, maybe is this the moment when we should introduce the fact that you and I are going to be doing special secret shows this year? Yeah, absolutely. All right, why the hell not? It's a weird-ass day. Let's just do that. So this is real. That's not a joke. Uh, Brew and I are going to be doing secret shows this season. The only way that you can get access to them is by being on the Sports Ethos mailing list. We'll have a website set up for that where you can get your email on it. We will be sending out email links to the show. There will be no other way to get the link to those shows. There will also be Brew and Dan overtime for premium subs, but the first half, at least, will be for free. But you got to give an email address. So that uh, information on that will be coming here shortly. Again, he is Aaron Bruski at A-A-R-O-N-B-R-U-S-K-I over on social media. Let's talk basketball, since we had, everybody hates my long openings, but this one was pissing me off. I had to get some some of the stuff off my chest. Um, we're talking first round today, because I think it's sort of settled in a little bit now. Do you feel similarly, Brew? I mean, we're, we're seeing shuffling. There's like a, a three or four player shuffle bucket. You like that term? It's a shuffle bucket in like the like three to seven and then there's a shuffle bucket in like nine to twelve, but overall you're starting to see a little bit of a settling, yeah. Yeah, I think so. But certain things like to change, you know, this week, next week. I guess it changes. It's only a little I don't bit think of time we're set here. Okay. Um, well, let's. What we'll do here today, and we're gonna break this up with other things. We got topics to cover, but Bru, I wanted to get your thoughts on. Before we even get into the players of the first round, what is your strategy for the first round? Because I've long operated under the uh, the umbrella of you can lose your fantasy league by screwing up your first round pick, but it's very hard to win it with your first round pick. Do you subscribe to that as well? Well, let me ask you a question before I answer your question. Okay. Have you ever drafted Joel Embiid? <laughs> um, yes, actually, last year, and I did okay. So how how does that go with your theory? Because, I mean, if you're saying I can lose it in in the first round, I mean, that's about as risky as it gets right there. Yeah, that's true. I mean, towards the end of the first, well, you've got Anthony Davis. He's not in the first round anymore, technically. He's Yahoo's number 13 player. But you've got Kevin Durant, who's pretty risky in the first, right? Kyrie's Mm -hmm. pretty risky in the first. 
Mm-hmm. Even Steph a little risky in the first. Mm-hmm. So do you say go for it, or do you say I was a fool to do Embiid last year, even though it actually did work out? Did I just get lucky? Yeah, no, I think you're you're definitely looking for not that. And, and it really the first round's tantalizing, man. Like not only do you just get screwed in the in the back end of the first round, like you just do. Like there's mm-hmm. there's no great fix third round reversal doesn't even do the trick there. Um so sometimes you're looking at bad value and bad asset. It's it's rough. Um there's about five players every year that don't fit that criteria. And 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 I think you can probably make sure you get one of those. Um, you might have to bite the bullet and, and pass on somebody that you don't like um, because of some of that risk. It's it's substantial. If your first-round player goes bad, man, talk about an uphill fight. You got to do real well. Easy. Rounds two through five, you got you to gotta jump a couple rounds in that, in that range right there. Otherwise, you're done. What's your recommendation? Auction league? Yeah, always. I mean, auctions are, are phenomenally fun. There's the there's so much that's going on in an auction league, I swear. I, I can't wait to maybe one day just kind of talk about how that goes. Um, I don't know if we'll ever really be able to get truly deep into that, um, you know, because I personally, I have my, my high stakes competition. I don't know if I'll ever be, you know, like live casting one of those things. There's just too much going on. It's an exhausting process, the auction league, but I do recommend it. Um, but but in snake drafts, I mean, you you really you might look at passing somebody of that high value if you don't have the stomach for it. And it really just depends on the format. Like if I was in a very competitive league, like the highest end competitive leagues, I would be more apt to take the risky guy um, because I know I need to do really well to win. And then if I'm in a really, really easy league, I might be tempted to um, take that guy, you know, because I'm like, okay, I know I can make it up down the road. I guess that middle, you know, that pretty tough, very tough, but, um, you know, not the highest degree of difficulty, I might pass, you know, and just get a safe play. Do you kind of speaking to your theory? Do you tweak that strategy based on Roto versus head to head also or no? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, 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 there is a different universe of players. Um, you know, I think I've come around on this over the years, but like a different universe of players that have a, a different valuation in, in um, punt builds. But um, at the end of the day, you know, if it's a playoff setting, you, you're, you're, you really have to, that, that controls everything. If you have a playoff setting, you, you have to, um, really take a look at those risky players and really understand what exactly is the risk. You know, um, Joel Embiid, for example, he's pretty likely to get more time down the stretch than less time. Um, just wait, knowing oh, so that they wait, would want to save him for the playoffs. Oh, okay. So you, when you said more time versus, you meant more time off. More time off, yeah, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, um, but then like a tank team guy... You know, like say a prior season, Shy Gilgis Alexander. You know, you you just think, okay, the Thunder. Nobody really thought they would do as good as they did last year. Um, you know, they were kind of profiling as a tank team. You might say, oh, not a player I want in a playoff format. Um, you know, the Portland guys this year. Anybody on a bad team this year. 
you know, you're like, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't want to invest that pick in, in that player during playoff formats or, or the, the playoff time to, in, in head-to-head formats. So, yeah, man, there's a lot of different factors in this stuff. Um, getting a little bit of extra value out of a risky guy, I might have somebody projected higher, you know. Um, my ranks tend to be kind of bottom line, who am I going to take? But as we all know, you know, teams get built out certain ways. And so, you know, if somebody's really close to another player, you know, in terms of what I think their value is going to end up being, you know, you might just zig when, when, when you were previously going to zag. So um, let's uh, form, formats everything. Yeah. I, I, so let, let's talk about a couple of guys actually that are going early second round before we kind of come back to uh, some of the first round stuff I want to cover on today's show. Anthony Davis and Damanis Sabonis are pre-ranked two slots apart on Yahoo. One of those guys is a massive injury risk with five, with top five, maybe even top three, possibly sometimes top one per game appeal. The other one of those guys, and I'm talking nine cat right now, the other one of those guys is much more durable, but doesn't really profile as much better than like a top 20 in almost a best case scenario. Is there... Is there a right or wrong answer to taking either one of those guys at, say, pick 14? Like, is there an is Anthony Davis the obvious choice? Is Sabonis the obvious choice? Is it team-dependent? Is it settings-dependent? This type of stuff is is so critical, and we ask these questions, I guess, every season, but what is the right way to deal with something like that? You know, I got those guys on op- – I'll give a little bit out here. Um, I got those guys on opposite uh... – one ahead of the other in eight and one ahead of the other in nine. So that matters here. You know, Sabonis is going to handle a ton and he's going to turn it over way more than Anthony Davis. That right. Just is what it is. Um, but, you know, Anthony Davis is, he's got that one thing going for him. And that's like last year, that, that fast start he had really reminded people, Hey, you know, it could happen. Um, I'm pretty down on Anthony Davis just in general, Fantasy wise, not as much, but I do think um, <clears throat> lateral quickness is going to be an issue with him and how that manifests across the stat set. I think it's going to have actually a significant, you know, pull downward. Um, yeah. Could he do it again? Sure. But that team, um, I don't think they, they need to rely on him quite as much. Um, so that is one thing working against him there. And uh, yeah, the, the ever present injury risk. So uh, for me, you know, in the in this in the area where he's actually ranked ahead of Demonte Sabonis, maybe I took a risky player with my first round pick. You know, and and I, I'll just say this: Anthony Davis is not going to be on my teams, so I'm not I'm not having to deal with this. <laughs> yeah. But because he's going to go way earlier than I would consider taking him, so that's that. But he's you know, if you had a risky player in round one, the only rationale for taking Anthony Davis in round two is. You're shooting for the moon. Yeah, you're playing hearts at that point. You, you are, and and you, that's your competition. You know, if this is the best of the best, I love it. You know, knock yourself out, <laughs> go big or go home. <laughs> if you can win it some other way, if, or if you're in an intermediate league and you can win it fifty different ways, eh, probably don't double down on a risk guy. And and you know when you especially compared to Sabonis, like. The Kings are going to do everything humanly possible to try to get that guy into some form of high-end awards discussion. Like that's they just bet big on him. They bet so much on him. That's like a given. And and this is a player that, you know, 
typically doesn't get injured. So, so you I, lean, I would be looking hard. So you lean that. towards the safer side. I like that's kind of that's actually kind of interesting to hear because I know personally, uh, I I go back and forth on this like day to day. I'm like, all right, well, what if I end up with a pick on the turn? And we'll get to this uh, again in in a little bit. But like, there are a lot of scenarios this year where Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis are sitting there at 12-13. Isn't that basically shooting the moon? Mm, I mean, it's, yeah, it is. It is. Kevin Durant, I mean. But it's so tantalizing. Like, you could get two top five guys at 12-13 and that might play a combined 100 games. I mean, the, the one thing going for Kevin Durant is that the injuries last year were so fluky, you know, in relation to what we were worried about. And, and they weren't really, I mean, the knee thing was, was not great, but by and large, not something we were hugely concerned about long-term, you know, and, and, and then the ankle or the slipped foot and the, the water on the ground. I mean, come on, like that was, that was crazy. So at least with KD, there's this kind of archetype of how he plays and, 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 you know, he's, he's not a big contact guy, you know, he's, he's pretty good landing, you know, like the Cam Johnsons of the world go out there and just like, they like land with their head and you're like, what the hell are you doing? You know, KD kind of, kind of graceful, elegant, you know, and, and you're not as worried about that. It was funny. I thought that when he had the knee sprain, when Jimmy Butler fell into it, he was just like, I shouldn't have been standing still. Yeah. That's a gamer, man. He understands like how to stay, you know, out of, out of player contact. I think a lot of these guys are pretty like damn great at this because I think they in the back of their head know, Hey, if I, if I, if I'm the idiot that runs around the floor and just bumps into everybody, I could lose $200 million. I shouldn't do that. And, and, and within the way that they play, they're pretty good at getting out of the way. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think you're, it's, it's all about measuring these risks, which ones are worth it, which ones are not. And, and as I tweeted last night, um, I don't know that this is going to be a problem. I mean, yeah, I could get hit with some of these bad draft uh, slots in a snake draft, and that could happen at any point in time. It's really depressing when that happens, by the way. <laughs> um, you know, you're yeah. at a, a high-stakes league, and it comes back. It's like, yeah, you're, well. you got one. It's in one <laughs> I don't moment, even want to too. Say it. I don't even want to manifest Don't that. say it. Like, yeah, and the worst part is that, like, it happens so fast. You know, it, it isn't like... There's so many parts of fantasy that can leave you high or low, but they all have like some sort of weird countdown on them, whether it's, you know, will this guy get back to me in a draft? And you're watching and you're watching and you're watching and the queue is slowly emptying with the randomizer or the draft order. It's like, oh, that's it. There it is. That's it. It happens in 30 deep too. Uh-huh. In 30 deep. You see, oh yeah, I'm nowhere near the top pick. You're cur- That's not going to work yeah, out. You're, you're cooked at that and, point. And, and then I'm, I'm surrounded by sports ethos guys. Oh, <laughs> that's not going to work out. Yeah. Hey, hey, Panda, stop taking my players, man. Two, two-time champ in like the last four years, Panda, right? You beat me it's in the not, finals. It's not fair, nor is it right, because we share all the same intel. Yeah. Well. It's not cool. But you should be proud, though. Your, your two am, protégés were in the finals last year, Panda beating up on my... Poor team that was missing Durant and Porzingis during the, the 30 deep it finals. Is, it is fun to see sports ethos dominate that. That was fun. That was good. I wanted to win if I had one or even or both of those guys healthy. But you know what? That's that's the way it goes. And I drafted injury prone guys, so obviously that's 
that's at least partially on you're me. shooting the shooting for the moon i man. shot the moon it worked a if long you're playing time against 30 teams or 29 other teams you gotta shoot for the moon mm-hmm. i don't want 12th place out of 30 i want either like dead last or first and that's kind of where i went and i got all the way to the damn finals but then they then they both shut her down um let's pivot into the actual stuff i wanted to talk about today but we got I don't know. I thought that that discussion of like how to mediate risk was relevant because now we're just going to work our way through the list of names and uh, get some feelings on them. It's up to you. If you li- would you like to go twelve to one or one to twelve? Which way do you want to go? I don't care. Yeah, no. I, I realized I didn't even say what that tweet was last night. Oh yeah, what or was did the, I? What was the? No, it's it's that the. It feels like you know I've been drafting with the the list you know out out there in in draft land. And um, I don't think we're going to have the problems that we were just describing. I feel like every single player on my team is of the safe, imminent upside and, and overall value, you know, that they're, they're perfect in, in that. I, it's really weird. Nor- normally there's like risk, like real risk. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter. And suddenly you realize... You're out of drinks. Boo, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Involved, you know, and, oh. and it's it feels like it's coming back Millhouse. I remember what I wanted to ask. Um, I've been, I, and I, I, I call it the 10th category now, um, and it's durability. Do you, oh God, do you yeah. agree that durability is now officially the 10th category? I actually think you kind of... I don't want to. I, the way I phrased that, it framed it like you didn't believe that before. In fact, I think you are one of the strongest proponents in the fantasy space that you can handicap for missed games, at least to some degree of accuracy. Oh, it's a hard man. one, but you kind of oh, have to. It's, it's a tough one. It's a really tough one. And, you know, we kind of go out after we're done and, and look at other stuff that's out there. And, um, man, there are some wild, wild kind of just projections. It's it's like the people are really throwing darts out there. And what does that do? I don't know. You know, it, it really depends on, on the outlet. Just look at the Yahoo projections if you want to have a little fun. I mean, and, and that's great. You know, it's great for us. I, I really, I, I'm, I just it really strongly encourage everybody else to continue like projecting just random game numbers or random, you know, projection numbers. But uh, yeah, no. It's 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 a it's a when you've looked at enough of this, you know, I've been looking at this stuff in depth for like 12, 13 years now, something like that. And there's a pattern. It's 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 pretty predictable, even though it's impossible to predict, if that makes any sense. Yeah, because there's 
everything in the fantasy space has to operate in some sort of confidence interval. You know, you're not going to like get it nail on the head, but you can see how a player behaves. You can see what shape they're in and you can make an educated guess. And like some of them uh, anomalous crap is going to happen. But with some guys, you can say, okay, this dude has what I like to refer to as the 10th category. And, um, I mean, it, you know, good example of that last year would be someone like Vooch who played 82 games. We had a player in the league last season play 83 freaking games in a season. And then we also have half a league playing 41. So, you know, it's not insane to have some kind of baseline on this. But, yeah, I think what you say does make sense because, like, then, you can get within a certain window of what a guy's going to do. And that's relevant. You have durability, and then you also have the overlay of situation. So the, everything operates on a weird sort of axis. There's another axis that's kind of strange, and it's it's in the same realm as, like, a shooting guard. You know, you're in season, and a guy's, like, two for freaking 50 or something. And uh, gambler fallacy basically states that has nothing to do with what's going to happen next, right? And But we know that the two for 50 shooter is not a two for 50 shooter. And that, that guy's going to be making some shots, you know, really soon. And so, you know, you predict and, and, and so on, but then, um, you know, with games played, it kind of works the same way. Like will a player who has never gotten more than 70 games played, who's in his like late, say like he's 26, 27 years old. Will he, actually get up on over 70 like almost every player I, I bet you there's a stat somewhere on how many players in the nba of certain types you know not like the bottom feeding players but like you know, starting nba players how many of them in their career have been over 70 games at least once it's like all of them, i'm sure i mean somebody's got you got to do it one year and so you're looking at the guy and you're like he's not going to get any younger you know what's the odds this guy doesn't get up in over 70 so sometimes you're looking at at a player and you're thinking man, we're going to just completely reverse this and go the other direction. But then again, it has to come back to the durability factor that you you give that player anyway, you know, and, and there's some some devil in the details there. And then what's going on with the team? You know, does the team want them to play? Does the team have other players that can kind of take the load off, you know, in certain respects? So there's a lot that goes into it. But um, yeah, it's very super, it's, it's helpful in either format. If it's roto or head to head, because missing games... I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it's e it's easier to weather the storm in Roto, but you still don't want your guys missing a ton of games. No, because typically what I was about to say, and I was trying to having a hard time trying to spit it out, was like, well, most of the time this happens at the end of the year. You know, there's there's more tanking. There's more resting for the playoffs. Um, you know, bodies are, are, are worn out. You know, it's just more trouble at the end of the year. And so, yeah, no, in a head-to-head -head league, if you're just ignoring games played, if you're, you know, you're just going straight per game on this stuff. You you can get yourself in a lot of trouble that way. All right, let's pivot over to the board. We'll do a few names. We got other things to talk about. We'll bounce around topics a little bit today. It'll be fun. We'll start at the top. Nikola Jokic, consensus number one. Um, how do I want to frame this question for you, Brew? Is this the year that Jokic gets dethroned? How's that for a nice framing? Hmm. It's possible, <laughs> and, and I'm, I know that's I know that's tell, like. Tell let's, me let's, more. Let's talk about what that answer is. It, sh it in in previous years is like no. 
no, it's not going to happen because you're not going to bet that, that that would happen. I, I, I think this year it's possible in at least one format, is one that, of the eight, eight slash nine cap formats. Yeah. Is that format um, per game nine cat? Well, per game is not a format, Dan. I just meant like way of me- measurement, <laughs> me- means of means of measuring. I'm messing with you. Uh, yeah, no, no, I'm, I wouldn't. I wouldn't really measure it in a per game way. Um, I, I would measure if we're measuring this stuff. I think you got to go totals. Oh, interesting. Like, okay, because I was thinking well, there was a chance me, that maybe. How could oh, go ahead. I had some? I had somebody out there try to like you know publish my ranks and like you know represent what I picked and 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 they were using per game and and my ranks aren't even per game. You know, and, and, and that was very, very not cool, by the way. You know, that was that was like, you know, borderline, you know, greasy stuff. But like you, you how do you measure this stuff if it's um, any other way? I think it just to talk about how a player did in a season, because you can't sit here and say, all right, this per game player was great in week 23. You know, he's great in week 22. Like there's just no way to to to, to have any sort of um, you know, structure to a ranking set if you're if you're measuring it on a per game basis. Yeah, is, the, it, the the hard thing there is that um, the deeper you get into a twelve team draft, the more important per game becomes because like for a typical twelve team league, a guy who plods along at like one thirty and plays in all eighty two games is going to have a pretty good totals rank, but in a you know games cap roto league that guy's actually not that useful whereas on the flip side of that if you have a first rounder playing in 82 games that's extraordinarily helpful or a third rounder playing in 82 games that's hugely helpful for your fantasy team and so yeah then it's like okay by totals this guy gets a bump but it's not an artificial one that's a legitimate like this guy helps my team by playing every single single game kind of bump but where's that line so yeah, it has think, to be one or the other. The line is the line is the easy way to kind of fix that. You, you if you're playing in that, you know, let's say you're in a ten team, I don't know, thirteen active player league, and, and 130 players theoretically contribute to the the score of the results. You know, and then you're seeing a plotter, you know, up at 100. You know, you can basically say in your mind that guy was useful for some amount of the time, but not right. really useful in my league, you know, and, right. and, and then you slide it like that. But in, in terms of like measuring a per game, you know, using that to determine rankings, what you, what you're pulling out of that is did the guy actually stay on the floor? And right. for any game, that guy's not on the floor, whether it was at the end during playoff time, which is absolutely, you know, brutal for, for that player's squad, or let's say it was at the beginning of the season, that player just simply didn't help your team. You know, it just was what it was. So per game ranking, you know, is very problematic if you're just sort of looking at, you know, how did people do for the season? And I think what you do with a totals ranking is you just kind of say, hey, you know, my leagues, my the, the player pool of my league that contributed towards stats was X. And those guys near the bottom, you know, they were kind of wishy-washy, you know. But in terms of pure rank, if you want to say, hey, you know, some of these guys, let's go like a, not like a, a high-end Contavious Caldwell Pope you know, but like kind of like a typical season Contavious Caldwell Pope where he finishes at 100, you know, he, he was definitely the hundredth best player, 
you know, it, did it help? Well, at the times he was playing as a 75, yeah, it was very helpful. Right. So, yeah. And then when you, he was playing at a yeah. 125, eh, not so much, you know? Yeah. So how do you, and there's like, there's really no way to know. You can try to ride waves to some degree, but at the end of it all, but that's the thing with a guy like KCP, I think I can make an argument that both the per game and the totals rank does tell kind of part of the story there, right? Yeah, you can use per game to tell story. Don't get me wrong. But I just think in terms of like measuring results and outcomes, like, I mean, you just are leaving out a huge piece of the story, whereas a totals-based ranking is not leaving anything out. You know, it's 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 there for consumption unless you, you know, really want to get hyper-focused on what did guys do in week 21, 22, and 23, which in, in which case you've got to measure those weeks. Right, you know, yeah. Now you're dealing with the week-to-week variability stuff. That's yeah, it's absolutely. So yeah, it just doesn't rough. make any sense to do a per-game ranking unless, of course, you know, you have some sort of you know narrative you're trying to put out there, which you know, sometimes guys are. Well, KD, we talked about a little bit earlier on this show, is a pretty good example of that. Last year, of a guy who was number five per game in nine cap, but only played in forty-seven ball games. So by totals, he was what like thirty something. Which is still yeah. kind of impressive, by the way. That he, yeah, thirty-five. Yeah, he, he was a. I mean, he was cruising last year. You know, like he was the number two guy. Yep. And just cruising, and and then you know, water on the ground, and you know, a little little tiny knee injury where he's like, eh, I'm gonna play this one very we're very safe, and you know, it just was what it was. And that's why you kind of need totals because thirty-five is a more accurate representation of what he brought to a fantasy team last year than five. Yeah. As much fun yeah, as it absolutely. is to, and I was high on Kevin Durant last year. So this is me saying, you know, I'm not like trying to clown on a, somebody else's pick. I'm clowning on my own pick. When he was upright, yeah. he was outstanding, but he wasn't upright enough. So he was a third rounder in that instance. It was, last year was pretty brutal on that front. So there you go. Um, okay, so pivoting back around to the whole Jokic, Doncic, Embiid trio going at the top of drafts. Um. How does that, how does everything we've talked about go into your calculus on, like, I mean, I assume you're still on Jokic's consensus number one. Do we, have we moved, we haven't yeah, moved on. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. He's, he's number one. But then, like, lining people up behind him already starts to get a little bit complicated because Doncic is poor in free throw shooting in a way that other guys in the first round sort of are not. But, you know, head-to-head -head build kind of guy. He's a very easy player to build around because of how very good he is in five different categories. How do you approach the front end of your first round where you have a pick between these guys that, you know, for Luka, you punt free throws, he's right in that top few players. Embiid, Embiid has a shot this year to be the number one per game guy if Jokic has any kind of decline off a championship run. And like, he went out in media day and said he didn't like the shorter offseason. I know he's being a little tongue-in-cheek, but it is a very long playoffs. Um, how, do you, how do you approach the front end of the first round, assuming Jokic is off the board? I, I really, I mean, this is a punting question. Primarily a little bit, yeah. Because Donkic, in a non-punting scenario, sorry, guys, you know, value matters. You know, you can't just ignore... The fact that there are deficiencies, um, talking Donkic compared to Embiid, you know, it's it's apples and oranges uh, in terms of overall value. So Embiid's always going to have the edge there, you know, in a non-punting scenario. Um, but in a punting scenario, it gets way more interesting because 
in Donkic, A, you know what you got, and people have been playing this game for three, four years now, so it's, it's you know, it's great. Um, he's also coming into this season in great shape, and, and we were kind of wondering when that was going to happen. I mean, his roundness has been just standing out there for the entire time, and he's been great despite it. Um, but catching criticism for that, you know, not winning – you know, the, the clock's ticking, and this is one of the best con, um, competitors in the game today. You know, this is a guy who wants to win as much as anybody in the game. And, and so I've been waiting for this to happen. It's, it's, it's supposed to happen, and it's happening this year. So you're getting peak Donkic this year. That's great. You know, and, and in terms of competing against Embiid, when you start to punt, now Luka is he's on an equal playing field and perhaps even better you know, than, than um, Embiid. Maybe some of that factors in Embiid's injury risk, but once you factor in the totality of Embiid's injury risk, I just like Donkic over Embiid because A, you can plan around everything super easily, but B, the, the theoretic difference in the health is, is just pointing in Donkic's favor. The next group, what did I call it earlier? A shuffle bucket? The next shuffle bucket is uh, currently on Yahoo, SGA, Tatum, Halliburton, Steph. Those guys have been going in some order uh, for, geez, they came out with their numbers in mid-August. So we're talking about a month and a half now. Um, there's, there's a lot to appreciate in here. I guess I would mention a few little sort of tangential ideas. Tatum was down at number 11 per game last season. SGA was number three. Halliburton and Steph were in between those two guys. Uh, looking at it, I guess more so from a per game standpoint first, because, um, Tatum was the guy who played more games out of that group last season. Steph missed a ton of time. Halliburton got shut down. He also had an injury mid season. Shea was the big surprise because we all thought OKC was going to tank one more year for Wemby, and then they decided to go play hard anyway. What about on the per-game side? Forget the durability stuff with these dudes. Does anyone have an obvious edge over the others in those four? Wouldn't you like to know? I would like to know. <laughs> Forget totals for a minute. What about just per-game? And Like I said, wouldn't you like to know? I, I, I think they're all very close. We'll, we'll put it that way. Okay. And can I squeeze something out of you in durability? How about this? Can I let me let me pose it to you in a way that doesn't give the exact order of these players out? Um, three of them are younger than the other one. Is the old one the one you're most worried about in durability in this group, or not as much? You know, we've had Steph high like every year, and and it's it's started to catch up with us in the last couple of years. And uh, this inter this this Chris Paul thing, I you know we we have so many things this season to talk about. You know, there's there's so much going on in the NBA, and there's a lot of great stuff going on. I mean, it just feels like the stories are good. And one of them, especially as a Warriors fan, at the top of the list is what's Chris Paul going to do to this team? <laughs> you know, we're talking about one of the great team wreckers of all time. I, I'm, if I'm you want to talk about Chris Paul right now, let's do it, man. I love talking about Chris Paul. Little little tongue in cheek with that, but you know, obvious. You know, first ballot Hall of Famer, and he's probably just gripping it too tight. I mean, and, and you can, you can take that, you know, in most situations, like the guy cares too much. Okay. You know, is his leadership style ineffective? Probably, you know? So he goes to a place with 
all the leaders, well, not all the leaders, but these guys are the warriors. They've won, you know, they, they, they just, they, 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 he's not going to be able to walk into the, into the, into the gym and just bark at people, but in a way he will, he will. Know? So we're going to watch that happen. He will. Cause and he and what, Draymond are going to be doing it together. I, I, that's the part I want to see. I want to see, cause especially with Draymond playing such a, a playmaking, you know, facilitating role and their need that they're being, plenty of that to go around on the Warriors. So who's going to take a haircut? Um, and then Chris Paul's style is very selfishly, um, you know, selfishly uh, democratic. So he loves to pass the ball around. He loves to get assists, but it's got to be on his terms, a little bit like Rajon Rondo with that. And uh, then you have Dre, who's really a speed playmaking kind of guy. He gets the ball. He gets up court as fast as he can most times. And then when he gets there, he's got he kind of toggles through about three, four, five, six different types of plays he likes to run. And he knows from many, many years playing with the Warriors that you know the whole key to their offense are these quick hitting, fast decision making, read and react kind of plays. And so uh who the the battle for the soul of the Warriors is, is gonna be very interesting. And then you have Steph, who's the just the nuclear weapon. So back to Steph's durability, you know, you you got a guy in Chris Paul who could take so much wear and tear off of the guy. You know, it, it could be the case that Steph doesn't have to run 50 miles during the game. It could be the case that Steph doesn't have to cross so many different bodies going through all these different screen actions, you know, and, and the cumulative total of that wear and tear, you know, it, it, it's, there's a very distinct possibility that, you know, percentage odds for durability, you know, just shifted in Steph's favor by like 20, 30%. You know, these are these are very you know kind of nebulous numbers and they don't mean anything but the totality of all of that contact might just be so much more in his favor um working against him though age obviously um that when you do bring in an additional uh star like this you know you can take more games off and that could be a way to keep everybody happy it's kind of the question that we're seeing in phoenix is do you see a rotation of games off you know you, you could do a game off for, you know, if I want to shift gears to Phoenix, they could do a game off for Devin Booker every five games or something, you know, every six games, you know, and, and, and just rotate that. As long as it's not a national TV game, though. Yeah, as long as the doctors are all on board. But, I mean, if they're doing it once every 10 games, you know, that would be seven, eight games off, you know, for a guy. And, and that's actually kind of optimal. You know, if you're, if you're really trying to do the load management thing, you know, one every 10 is not bad. Turning back to some of these other guys in the shuffle bucket, do you think Do you think the new player, I guess it's basically just Chad Holmgren, but do you think the evolution of some of the other young players in OKC causes any kind of dip for Shea Gilgis-Alexander this coming season? I think that's a, a concern for folks, or at least that's a question I've gotten. Sure, that could be a concern. Okay. It's, uh, I mean... They're good. <laughs> yeah, they're, they surprised they a got, lot of teams, though. But, I mean, do you think teams... I feel like they caught a lot of teams with their pants down last season. I don't think teams are going to be pants around ankles uh, when the Thunder come to town this season. Like, they know they're going to get a battle. Mm, do they, though? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I think it takes... I take, it's funny, the NBA, it's like... The, the, the great measure of this is going to be the Sacramento Kings. You know, Sacramento might not have wanted to do so much dancing after victories at home 
with the beam, you know, and, and making the beam, which is great, by the way, just an amazing marketing idea. Shout out to the Kings. But like, they're yeah. on national TV this season. People yeah. Are, I mean, there's buzzy players. You know, there's players that people are afraid of. You I, know, like I hated Fox. them. I faded them in my season win totals. I'm really sorry, Kings people. I, I know. I, I I I have not I've not made my choice there. I, I I see Keegan over there looking like a well, he's not even looking like a future all star. I think I said this after four games watching him his rookie season. He is going to be a three time minimum all star. Mm. Keegan Murray. He looks pretty damn yoked out. Not in the like, you know, defined kind of way. He just he's a big dude that moves fast. And he's got a great shot, and he understands the game. Yeah, they I haven't think, really uh, tapped into that. That's I, the one that scares me. Like, I would fade it, but if Keegan gets involved the right way, I just think, I they, think they. Yeah, I mean, a lot of what you said, though. I, I, and I don't want to go too far down this rabbit hole because that's more of a betting discussion. But they were also the healthiest team in the entire NBA last oh God, year. Yeah. Um, so there's all these things Everything where it's like, right. could but, this... but your point about the yeah. thunder. Oh uh, yeah, right. Yeah, That's no, what we were I don't talking think about. The thunder <laughs> caught any of that last year, so it's possible that they sneak up on teams for the first I don't know half of the season until they're, you know, sitting there in the five slot, which they kind of almost did last year. Um, but it'll be more of a buzz. You know, it'll be more competitive against the high end teams out there. Um, I, yeah. So Sacramento, we'll talk about some other time, but. That yeah no I think and 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 I think the 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 league has got the memo on Shea as well just like Tyrese you know and and Tatum everybody already knows you know what he's all about right do you um, think uh you think Indy's making a run at a playoff spot this year they got some really screwed up stuff going on out there um, <laughs> we're all still feeling it from the Isaiah Jackson Jalen Smith ah we're just not gonna play you guys situation from last year. Uh, but it feels it, like they want to win this season. At least that's the way I. It that's the the the. Yeah, but Kevin Kevin them. Pritchard keeps chasing his like he, he's got his draft board. He did this presser after the trade deadline last year, and he was just talking about like Jordan Wara and um, uh, Aaron Neesmith. Oh, and, you mean uh, power forward Aaron Neesmith? <laughs> yeah, I mean. I mean, he and he just sat there for an hour, and he's just telling people, he's like, "Yeah, we had him really ranked high on our board, like really high. You know, we really wanted to get him, and um, we got him now. And then they bring him in and just drop, you know, twenty, thirty minutes on their lap in a in a situation where you've got players that you've you've put some you know money into a little bit. In the case of Jalen Smith, you got this guy in Isaiah Jackson who's just a walking pick and roll bucket, and you know, changing the dynamic, and you're watching him." defend out on the perimeter and you know make these big plays in high leverage situations and you're like oh you don't want to develop that you know bring in jordan wara and give him 25 minutes like because you didn't get him in the draft like okay so it's that logic that makes me really wonder what's going on there and you got rick carlisle who's you know older coach and yeah he knows more has forgotten more about basketball and most people on the planet get that um but he's really stubborn you know, and mm -hmm. it's like the confluence of those two things. What is your plan, Indy? You know, and, and then you have Tyrese Halliburton, who to me looks even more athletic. And that was never the part that was never really part of the equation previously. Yeah. You know, the athleticism was just enough to get by. Now you're seeing him in the first step is is pretty damn good. And um, then you then you add all of the skills 
on top of it in the shooting. And so if they just cut him loose, let him do his thing, that'll be good. It feels like they're getting out of the Buddy Hill business. Um, those two have played together a ton, by the way. So it's not necessarily like good riddance, Buddy. Um, you know, Buddy's done some pretty good things for that team. Um, they've got their, uh, you know, Benedict Matherin that they've got to get, you know, going to some degree, but they've really squandered the opportunity there to develop continuity within key pieces. And so we'll see, um, you know, uh, power forward center, you know, Miles Turner's locked in now, you know, what exactly are they going to be doing there? And, uh, you know, they got their rookie, just a big mishmash. I think they could compete, and I think they will, just based on the on the Tyrese Halliburton experience. But um, you know, beyond that, it's it's can they start pushing the right buttons? Because they've decidedly not pushed the right buttons for the last couple of years. So uh, that's that's kind of on coach, and I think that's also on management and coach being in the same. They're on the same page. It's just not the right page. All right. Uh, reminder to everybody: no matter how you're viewing or listening to this show, please rate, like, subscribe in some combination or some order of those three things. You guys know the drill at this point. Uh, Brew, let's get into the next shuffle bucket, which is debatable, I suppose. Right now on Yahoo, the 8 through 12 names are Kyrie Irving, Giannis Antetokounmpo, LaMelo Ball, Kevin Durant, and Damian Lillard. And the next couple of names are Anthony Davis, Devin Booker, Demonis Sabonis, Anthony Edwards. Like, I don't. It's not clear how far this shuffle bucket actually stretches, but for today's program, because I listed it as a talk about first-rounders, we'll go up to 12, because that's how Yahoo's got him. So that's Kyrie, Giannis, LaMelo, KD, and Dame. And I get the feeling that Yahoo's next board reshuffling will probably have Lillard earlier, because now they have an actual uh, home for him. He was This was when he was moved down, when nobody knew where he's going to be playing. It was seemed likely that he would end up in Miami or just nowhere on opening day. Um... This is a tough spot, and we already talked earlier in the show about how hard it is to be stuck near the back end of the first round. What do you do if you're at pick eight? Because your choices are a uh, guy who takes games off for all kinds of reasons, trans, uh, transcendent generational talent whose knees are mush, that's Giannis, uh, guy who has uh, basically missed like two of his first three NBA seasons because of various ankle things in LaMelo Ball, Obviously a ton of upside there, but um, very low field goal percent and has not actually been a first-rounder per game yet in his career. Kevin Durant, big-time injury risk um, just because he's old. And then Dame, who's like, I equate, Damian Lillard feels like picking Mario in Mario Kart, where it's like, well, it's not super fast. He turns okay. His acceleration is fine. Um, but you know he's going to be there. Like, it's, the game says Mario on it, so you know he's going to be in it. Um what the hell do we do with these five picks? What's the right order, if any? Excellent Mario Kart reference. Thank there, you Dan. very much. Um, yeah, <laughs> and and I, I I think I got in on the Switch version a couple however many years ago, and it was kind of like too much for me. My kid is very um, good at the Switch one, by the way. And he's he's a young. Is that person. the most recent one? Because Mario I, Kart I, I, Eight. Eight deluxe. Can you believe there've been eight of those? I want to. Ch I'll challenge anybody to the Super Nintendo one. That's the that one separates the. The youths between from the that game and Tech Mobile. Oh, you, you might see more fights next time we do a show, bro. I'm wearing my age group, wearing my Tech Mobile T-shirt. I want you to know. 
break that out. For t- I want a Tech Mobile T-shirt. T-Public. Somebody send me a Tech Mobile T-shirt. Can I get a sponsorship from tpublic.com? I've given them enough of my damn money over the years. But anyway, who made that? Who made that game, Tech Mobile? It's a, a game company. Uh, I actually don't remember. Maybe I'll run over into the the. Cl- I guess I could just look it up on the internet. I was gonna go run and grab ours, and then I thought, wait a minute, I'm on the internet. I can do it there. Um, so what the hell do you do, Brew? End of the yeah, first round. Um, okay, so you mentioned a lot of players. I think Giannis yeah. in a punt scenario. I think you could probably crank him up a bit. Like, yeah, the knees are a major concern. There's gonna be games off, but you know, depending on your strategy, punting the turnovers, punting the free throws. You know, you get a real big boost there. I'm good with that. Um, the other players are really interesting. I mean, LaBelle, LaMelo Ball, to me, is the one that's maybe the most interesting. Oh, Tecmo, of what you just said. by the way. Tecmo is the company. That's the company. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Because they made a ton of great games back then. There was, uh, uh, was it Nin- Ninja Gaiden? Was that Tecmo? That was a great was game. Tecmo. I don't remember who Yeah, they were it, the but... first company to, like, make kind of cinematic movie kind of stuff within the game. That was Tecmo. Good call. Confirmed. Yeah, yeah. Ninja Gaiden was Tecmo. Sorry, going at you yeah. were talking about Lamelo Ball, and I just jumped in because it hit me that it is Tecmo Bowl. It's Tecmo that, for a reason. Yeah. Sorry. Please that, continue. That's how you know it's good. Lamelo Tecmo um, Ball. Yeah. There we go. Uh, Lamelo is just I like for, for what you said, not being a fir- first round per gamer, and here he is in the back of the first round after the season of really. I mean, just hell. I, I, and I, you know, I'll, I'll own it. I didn't move him down fast enough. You know, after the ankle thing, I was thinking, here's this young guy that probably, you know, you know, um, recovers like Wolverine. And we should not get overly worried about this thing. And lo and behold, should have been worried. And then you get him re-injuring it on a fan, you know, in, in, in one of his first few games back. It was really brutal. Um, so you got to look at that and, and just ask yourself, like, is this a long-term ankle injury? You know, we've had questions like this for guys like Steph Curry in the past, where it's like, you know, at what point in time can you say you've turned the, the page on it? And he is younger. And, you know, so what's what's really going on here with this? Um, and and the, the stats he brings to the table warrant the discussion and warrant his placement in this back end of the first round. Is anybody going to feel bu- good hitting that button? You know, you just don't know. Like, I mean, you, you, you do have things like Miles Bridges is back in um, in Charlotte and, you know, kind of how does it look once you throw it all together? You know, is he going to get this sort of unfettered usage run license to do whatever? And And then you also have this question of what if he improved? I mean, it's totally possible. And what is the evolution of his game? And, you know, we got, in a sense, a very limited set of data on him. It's it's big enough to get aggressive, as evidenced by his ADP. You know, but here we go again. You know, we're looking at Lamelo Ball in the back end of the first round, and you can't just sort of wipe it off and say, "Hey, you know, I don't want anything to do with that guy," because the options that you just described. I mean, yeah, Dame's Mario. I think a lot of people will do that, though. You know, they'll look at the two of those. And they'll say, man, you know what? I think I know what I'm getting in Dame. I don't know what I'm getting in LaMelo Ball. And and that's probably one of those safety versus risk kind of discussions for the first round. Yeah, I um, probably I probably go safe, personally. I mean, there's just a lot of value there for LaMelo. It's, it's a tough one. It's a very tough one. And um, 
But it sounds like you Luckily, do yeah. like the idea of trying to balance whatever you do in the late first round with the second round. So if you go relatively safe in the first, maybe you take a little bit more of a shot early second. If you go a little more risk, Lamelo, even Giannis is a bit risky with the way his knees have been. Um, or Durant on the injury risk front, then coming back in the second you looked at, we talked about Demonis Sabonis as an interesting pair there because he does tend to stay on the floor. Um, other than you, you mentioned like if you're in the most hyper competitive, like you got everything's got to click, that's where you maybe shoot the moon. But otherwise, it does seem like you like the idea of kind of pairing a little risk with a little safety. Well, and, and then uh, we haven't even talked about this positionality. Right. Well, there's a boatload of centers this year. They've returned. There's a boatload of centers. And then also, what if your league has two centers in it? You know, there's there's just a, a lot of different variables. And, and so for me, you know, I'll be looking at my own ranks and my own valuations. And it's not just a straight draft based on the number. Now, you can. Don't get me wrong. If you're out there, and, and especially if you're in a beginner league or if you're in an intermediate league, you could draft by the number and be fine. You know, knock yourself out. It's great. But... um for me, there's plenty of times where I'll go for the lower rank guy, lower rank valuation, and it's because of build fit, you know, you name it, risk reward. That's what this, that's why this game is so much fun. You know, there's, there's just so many different ways you can play it. Bruce got two minutes before he's got to go. So, what does everybody need to know about Sports Ethos draft season? Oh, Mr. Sports Ethos draft season is a draft uh, tracker. Boom! That's Bruce, one. What? what else we got? Well, um, I think, uh, well, obviously you need to get the B-150. There's the other one. Yeah, you, that you, was... you need to get, uh, <laughs> I thought that was going to be I, the you know, first one. I think the Sports Ethos 360 membership, like people are sleeping on that thing. Like the rates are going to go up guys, you know? And, and I think with the proliferation of gaming, you're just going to kind of see just more and more gaming as we go. You and mean like betting gaming, yeah? Like betting wagering. gaming, yeah. yeah. There's there's going to be, and, and, and our team is very good at this, so like there's the aspect of right now you can currently tail these guys or, or learn from them and, and make better plays on your own, and that's just going to become more and more prevalent in the experience, and it's going to be just something you get more and more comfortable with, I think. Um, you know, you don't have to you know, envision yourself some fancy capper or something like that, but... You know, just sitting on your couch watching a game, and pretty soon you're just going to be able to push a button on your phone and, like, take a bet, you know? And as long as that's something that you're interested in, um, you know, I think having access to the wager pass is just an incredible tool to learn the game. And I know we're going to be participating in that, you and I, you know, more and more as we go here. Um, and, and the team's doing a wonderful job. So there's just a ton there. Then you've got the DFS side um, of that Ethos 360 pass. And, and what's going to be really fun this year is our projections have been great. Don't get me wrong, but we haven't been able to weaponize them the way that we're weaponizing them this year. Part of that's the particip participation from Andre Limos. Um, you know, me and him have worked. I've been kind of training him on principles of the B-150 and, um, you know, we're working kind of, hand in glove on this stuff all season long this year. And so if you're a DFS player, you're going to have access to the best projections out there, bar none. I, I mean, I mean, maybe there's a couple other guys out there who are doing this kind of stuff. I, I yeah, bet there are, but is this stuff being uh, published? Is it public? You know, is it available for purchase? Hi highly doubt it. Um, these are Vegas grade projections. So whether it's DFS or on the gaming side, if you want to do simple over under stuff, 
you know, player props, I mean, you're going to just have just an amazing edge against any book, you know, against other players. So that Ethos 360 gets you the DFS pass. It gets you the wager pass. Gets you early access to the B150, the earliest access to the B150, and you lock this price in for life. So it's $22 a month right now. It's going up this upcoming season, and it'll be, you know, the best price you're ever going to see on a product like this. You know, many moons from now, you're going to be kind of laughing. I think we are talking about the gym membership I pay $50 a year for because they grandfathered me in. I don't even go to the gym. Nope. And I just keep paying this based on principle. You paying it because um, it feels smart to pay it. That's why. And, and so you get early access, you get all those different things. It's, it's just a, to me, that's the best thing going on the site right now. All right, Brew, get the hell out of here. I know you got an 11 o'clock. Yes, sir. I'll do that. Good talking <laughs> to you guys. Bye-bye now. We're sending Brew off. He's got an 11 o'clock. Now you're stuck with just me. I'll move my face into the middle of the screen for those on YouTube. If you have a question, this would be a great time to throw it in the chat. You guys have been kind of talking to each other over there on YouTube, which I actually enjoy. I read it. Uh, while I'm doing other stuff, um, it's it's hard, man. I, you know, thinking back to some of the stuff that Brew and I have talked about on this show over the years, I'm reminded of that he is typically more aggressive uh, than most on draft day, and the fact that even Brew is saying, think about pairing safety with risk in the early, basically the first and second round, tells me all I need to know about risk early. Basically that there's a ton of it and that even uh, some of the, some of, maybe the most aggressive fantasy player in the industry for the last 17 years or whatever it's been for Brew since he uh, linked up with Roto World, uh, is still saying this is a time where you want to take a deep breath, don't shoot the moon unless you absolutely have to, because there's plenty of guys you can get that are great value plays in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth rounds, and so on, and that keeps your team... If you if you blow your first two picks and they're both cooked, you're done. You're done at that point. Uh, Dem Birds, good question. Could you do a live demo of the draft tracker tool? Yes, I'm trying to figure out how to make that operate properly here on YouTube. Um, what I might do is have Andre on just to talk us through it um, because he's the the in-house expert on the draft tool. Um, or maybe I'll just put it up and I'll, I'll flip around with it. What I want to be careful of is not... I don't want to give away the B150 rankings. And, and there is a version of the tool that's built on Yahoo rankings so that you can do projections on that. And then uh, there's a B150 version. As folks get access to that, it gets loaded into the tool. So the answer to your question, Denbirds, is yes. I am going to do a live demo of the Draft Tracker tool at some point. I'll play around with it a little bit, make sure that I can get this thing right. Maybe tomorrow's the day, honestly, because I don't know if you guys remember that I talked about it earlier this week. Uh, tomorrow's Friday. Uh, at 12.30 p.m. Pacific time, basically right after I eat lunch over here, I'm planning on firing up a YouTube show and just going until people stop talking to me. We're going to talk about everything, anything and everything on that. It's going to be marathon iteration. Um, hopefully people kind of keep keep joining as it goes, snowballing a little bit, and uh, we'll just keep like promoting it on the interwebs and whatever you guys can do to help promote that. That would also be... Uh, extremely helpful too. Um, 
what else did I want to get into here right at the tail end? Oh, I remember. So Brew talked a bunch about the Ethos 360. I wanted to let you guys know that if your draft is not for like another week or so, your best deal at Sports Ethos is actually the all-sport fantasy pass. That has NFL, MLB, and NBA. So the three big fantasy sports, the, the sort of the three juggernauts of the industry. You'll get all of our draft boards, including the B-150, uh, Joe's baseball ranks. You'll get the football ranks. Um, those Actually, that draft guide just passed a couple weeks ago, but you get the in-season NFL content happening right now. All of that is just $7 a month, and the NBA alone is $6 a month. So one extra buck, and uh, you get the other two sports cook juicy right along with it. So that's an excellent deal, and I would certainly suggest you guys go that direction. Um, I, I'm Later on today, it's going to be a little bit jam-packed. I don't know if we're going to be able to fit everything in that I want to do. I really do want to do a mock draft. That's the thing that where there's a time constraint. At 2 o'clock Pacific time, uh, I'll be hopping on with Josh on his channel over on the Locked On side. I think that that's a recorded show, so my guess is that'll probably air closer to 3 or 3.30 Pacific time. Um, but that'll be fun, so make sure to check that out. Josh and I will have a little uh, player battle. We're going to be talking about some classic Dan guys versus some, I don't want to say classic Josh guys, just a couple of guys that are sort of the anti the anti-Dans, there's like the Dans and the anti-Dans. That's basically what we're going to be talking about here. Um, forget exactly the two on each side of that thing. But there's like a few... Oh, I remember. So he has one guy I said was too early, one guy I said was too late. He has two guys... Or I picked a couple of guys. I think he said one of my guys was too early and the other one too late, perhaps? I forget. I don't know. Anyway, so check that out. You'll get to see me over there. Um... And then I'm hoping, again, like I said, do a, ma a mock in there. But it'll have to be a quick one. It'll be like a 20, 25-minute mock that we'll uh, just kind of smash out in the afternoon. Thank you to the great Aaron Bruski for jumping on with us here to go through the first round. Next time he and I talk, I want to I wanna chat a little second round because I think a lot of folks feel like that's the absolute toughest part of a draft right now. And Bruski can talk us through strategy with it. Um, so that should be uh, extremely helpful. He is, of course, at Aaron Bruski on Twitter. I am at... Dan Vespers on Twitter. Uh, our Discord link, let me throw that in the chat room right now. And for those that are listening to the podcast, that's going to be in the description, so you can get that there. Um, and the Sports Ethos buy page is not in the show's description. That's an oversight on my part. I'll throw that in the chat room, and I'll try to fix the description as soon as I get off air here as well. Um we just picked up a bunch of new viewers right at the tail end of the show. Sorry, guys. We're actually at the end here. Crossed the one-hour mark. It's time for me to go um, stretch my back. I'm at that part of the year. YouTubers can see it behind me that I have a heating pack on my back because I'm in my seat all the time right now. Just watching NBA news flash by, uh, tweeting, podcasting, and just generally having a damn good time, but my back is not having a damn good time. Thanks to everybody who's been subscribing to our YouTube page as well. This has been an unbelievable stretch of growth uh, for the Sports Ethos YouTube side. You guys are awesome. I think that'll be it for here. And I might see you back on this channel later today, but I'll see you somewhere. I'll see you somewhere. Catch you over on social. So long, everybody.